I'm Victoria Doherty, and welcome to the cold. Cold is the way revenge is best served, the way a war was fought, and most definitely the way a story should be told. And for our intents and purposes, as this is often recorded on a Sunday, it is also the Storyteller's Church. It's where we talk about story in well, in all of its forms and incarnations. Um, we talk about family lore, we talk about fiction, we talk about um, personal stories and how they affect our lives, our thinking, the way we look at the world. And um, this week, I want to talk a little bit more about humor, which is something that we've done before. And humor is just such a big part of my life, such an influence on my life. I mean, as a girl, what I wanted to be more than anything else in the world was Carol Burnett. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was really little when her show was on, but I watched it religiously. And I just, after that, I followed her. And um, it's just kind of, it, 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 may seem, at least on the surface, kind of strange that I ended up writing these, you know, big, heavy, kind of serious novels, um, even though I think a lot of my work does have um, a, a really heavy thread of dark humor. And I've often raised eyebrows among my friends and strangers alike for that admittedly dark sense of humor. Um you know, for me, nothing, and I really do mean that I can't think of a single thing, is off limits. Um, not poverty or cancer or racism or Alzheimer's, not Nazis or communists or Democrats or Republicans or religion, including my own Catholic faith. Now, I know that the mention of these topics um, for, you know, in anything but the most earnest, delicate voice, uh, well, leaves many aghast. And I definitely understand why there is this reflexive, negative reaction to what some call black humor, and others simply call insensitive, and maybe just wrong. (laughs) Um, But to me, black humor is just deeply misunderstood. I believe the hostility stimulated by, you know, farcical, often morbid jokes that make light of what are unquestionably very serious, painful topics um, has to do with the misconception that the person making those jokes is somehow mocking the pain of a given people or situation. The imagined result is the further infliction of grief on an already damaged being, you know, a child, a slave, a man born grossly disfigured, perhaps. But in true black humor, and I'm not talking about cruelty for cruelty's sake, the only mockery is of the absurd, the tyrannical, the sanctimonious. It's meant to slay the boogeyman and allow nothing, not a hateful word or heartache, to hold power 
over an individual. I was reminded of this when I had a conversation this week with a friend of mine, um, a, a Portuguese podcaster named Ricardo Lopez. Um, we, you know, once a year, we, uh, I'm on his podcast and we're talking about like art and literature. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But our conversation, because one of the things that we did talk about this week was about the limits of art, which is, you know, a very interesting and heavy topic. But um, it reminded me um, about something that happened, you know, just a few years ago, when a friend of mine sent me a link from the New York Times that chronicled this, at that time, new Czech reality TV series called Holiday in the Protectorate. Now, in it, three generations of real life um, of a real-life contemporary Czech family, you know, grandparents, parents, and children, are sent, you know, quote, back in time uh, for a reality show reenactment of the German invasion of Czechoslovakia, you know, just before the World War II broke out. Um, now, the show's contestants are made to live in this remote area of the Czech Republic that was the first part of the country to be invaded and annexed by the Nazis at the onset of World War II. Now there, according to this New York Times feature, um, they not only must survive the rigors of rustic life with you know, outdated appliances and outdoor plumbing circa 1930s Czechoslovakia, but they had to navigate the moral and physical dangers of life under Nazi rule. Now, some of these dangers included air raids or having their doors kicked down and property searched by the Gestapo, which is, of course, which was played by actors. Um, they had to navigate being betrayed by snitches and having to scavenge and traverse the black market in order to have enough food to simply keep from starving. And, of course, if you're caught trading on the black market. There are some really heavy consequences for that. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Now, if they performed well, you know, in everyday tasks such as cooking over a chalet stove and milking cows, um, as well as the life and death challenges such as managing not to get shot, then they stood to win, you know, like 40 grand or something like that. <clears throat> Now, naturally, I was all over this, um, and I immediately posted the link to the article on Facebook, writing, move over, Kardashians, this is my kind of reality show. Now, to me, this much maligned genre was finally taking on something of real historical significance a welcome antidote to the mere peeling back of the curtain on the lives of the shallow and pampered. And I thanked my friend by name and within minutes received a note from her in the comment box saying, I'm not endorsing this fic. Now, in fact, not a single one of my, you know, some, I don't know, like 900 Facebook friends I'm friends with a lot of writers who I 
don't even know them, which is why I have so many friends. But, um, but none of these people liked or commented on the article except for one who herself was part Jewish and was actually born under the Nazi occupation and whose parents concealed their own racial secret while hiding and smuggling Jewish friends. But you know, to everyone but this woman, the article was like kryptonite. Now, I can understand why. The show itself, while getting a lot of attention at the time, um, had just been denounced by critics around the globe as trivializing a brutal and dehumanizing period. Much offense um, had centered around the title of the show as Nazi rule was, you know, no holiday, as critics said. And the Czech director of the series, who herself was this very earnest woman who, you know, looked to be in her 30s by the looks of her, um, well, she said she was just so surprised at not only the volume of attention that her show received, but the often sight unseen condemnation. Couldn't people understand, she told the reporter, that the title was meant ironically? I mean, of course it wasn't a holiday. That was the point. And that the episodes, in and of themselves, were meant to educate modern viewers about a time in history and make it real for them in a way that also happens to entertain them and keep their attention. Now, this is the crux of black humor, isn't it? The fact that through irony, juxtaposition, comedy, and yes, I mean, even amusement, we're able to look into and past and under and over and through the most agonizing, unimaginable events, both in our lives and in the world at large. Look, I know that my innate sense of the dark and the funny coming together like, you know, some bizarre Reese's peanut butter cup just isn't for everyone. Much of it does come from my Czech culture, you know, which I was raised in by immigrant parents. So, you know, it's no shock that my people, as I like to call them, would come up with something like this, you know, a Nazi-themed reality show that's darkly humorous in concept, if not context and execution. Of course, my husband shares my sensibility, and he's Irish, well, Irish-American, so this is not a trait that's specific to the Slav. But then the Irish are no strangers to making light of an inherently awkward, gut-wrenching, or just plain old bad luck set of circumstances either. I mean, anybody who's ever read Jonathan Swift's pitch black masterpiece, A Modest Proposal, um, could easily see this. And I think neither culture, you know, the Czechs or the Irish, are the dish it out but can't take it type either. You know, a few minutes after our infant daughter received her cancer diagnosis. I mean, good Lord, now 16 years ago, over 16 years ago, and it was on my birthday, no less. My husband and I were faced with, with even more bad news. I mean, in addition to this potentially deadly chemo 
that our daughter, who on top of it had been born premature, um, would require, she would also need surgery to assess what, what looked like could be a damaged liver. Um, so basically we were told if the liver biopsy came back bad, she was likely going to die. Somehow, without missing a beat, I turned to the doctor and I said, so let me get this straight. If the liver's okay, we get to try our luck in a gulag, but if not, it's a rusty iron ingot that'll be driven through our eyeballs, right? My husband doubled over. And what started as a snicker for me became an all-out crack-up. I mean, I was shaking. My eyes were tearing. I couldn't even look at my husband without dissolving into yet another fit of laughter. Even our daughter's surgeon wasn't immune to the contagion. I mean, he held it together, God bless him, but barely. And, you know, he looked at us and he said, well, that's one way of putting it. You know, that good doctor was just no stranger to gallows humor. He'd already heard worse, well, from us, no less, and deeply understood how badly we needed a laugh. We'd been dealing with our daughter's health problems since right around my second ultrasound in my fourth month of pregnancy, and her birth had just taken us to a new level of stress. And now, our doctor, her doctor, was telling us that the stakes had just been raised once again. A knock-knock joke just wasn't going to cut it. The situation demanded a heinous and ballsy comparison to the bits, pits of despair. It required unbridled insanity and a complete reframing of our circumstances, something that would carry us into the next day or just the next hour to help us even understand, for the love of God, what we were experiencing. Because black humor, like prayer, takes some of the weight off. It can make us smarter about the real goings-on, spiritual, political, metaphysical. It leads us into asking unorthodox questions and drawing unexpected conclusions. Laughter, we forget, is also a teacher. I always think of reading about when Robin Williams busted into Christopher Reeve's hospital room shortly after the Superman actor's devastating spinal cord injury back in the 1990s. Disguised as a doctor and wearing an earloop surgical mask, you know, like it's the pandemic or something, he began describing in cringe-inducing detail how he was about to perform an extensive and invasive rectal exam on his paralyzed friend. Christopher Reeve credited that laugh with helping him want to live. 
and with giving him insight into his own reserves. That bit of tasteless humor showed him that joy was still possible, even if he would never hold his wife or children again, or feel the warmth of their skin and their hearts beating against his chest. He would not walk or run, make love, caress, tickle or be tickled. But damn it, he would laugh and laugh so hard that he couldn't catch his breath. Laugh until it was dangerous and his doctors had to intervene. And after he was done laughing, he ended up teaching us all a little bit about what true resilience means. And now, I would like to invite you all um, to listen to another podcast this week, and that that is um, my friend Ricardo's. Uh, it's called The Dissenter, and you can find it on Spotify and Apple and all the usual suspects. It's all he also has a YouTube show of the same name, which you know the the podcast is also posted on YouTube if you'd like to watch it there. Um, and, you know, it's just a wonderful podcast. He usually has scientists on. It's really a very, like, social science and uh, also at times hard science-focused podcast. But as I said, once a year, you know, he has me on. I'm like his designated uh, culture person, an artsy person. And, and we talk about art. And, gosh, I mean, Ricardo is just so well-versed in um, – in everything, basically. He's such a smart man, but so well-versed in culture and art, um, equally well-versed in that as he is in uh, the sciences. And we had a very, very interesting conversation about the limits of art, which is connected um, in a way to our conversation today about humor, you know, what we're pondering. And um, i it's a very, very fun podcast. We also talk about, you know, creating a story and developing characters. And, um, you know, we really get into the nitty gritty of that. And it, that's a lot of fun. But um, the the limits of art conversation is something that I'm still thinking about, because I really haven't figured it out, um, without giving too much away. Uh, you know, Ricardo talked about a, a piece of art that he had read about that sickened him. And truth be told, it sickened me as well. And we just kind of talked about how we felt about it. And, you know, in in the moment, well, no, still, I mean, we feel awful about it. But um, it did bring to mind what, if any, there, you know, are the limits to art. And um, this is something that, that we as a culture often have to contend with, and we are certainly contending with now um, in this sort of more restrictive time of, of, of speech as we're dealing with social media and, you know, everyone having a megaphone. So um, in any case, I will put all of those relevant links into the show notes, um, as well as the usual links. And, um, Again, I ask you all, if you enjoy this podcast, please tell your friends about it. Please hit the follow button. And um, if you can give 
give, uh, you know, if you're enjoying it to give us a starred review on the platform of your choice would just be great. Um, I know not all platforms give that option, but if you are listening to this on one of those that do, it would just be terrific if you could give us a review. And, um, you know, this, this podcast is simply not possible without your support. So um, I will also put a link in to become a cold member. And um, thank you. Thank you. And until next time, stay cold, my friends.